All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Scoop Center. I'm Daniel, and I'm here with Jeremy. What's up, Jeremy? What's going on, Daniel? Uh, not much, man. Just uh, you know, staying busy. Middle of a semester, we all know that feeling. We do. All yeah. too familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to to get together with you and and talk some sports. Yeah, man. It's always a good time whenever you and I have this opportunity to kind of just talk about sports, whether it's, you know, here on the like on air or if we're just talking outside, you know, it's usually our conversations go for a pretty long time, you know. So, I mean, we'll see how long this one goes. We'll we'll have like a, a five what's supposed to be a five or ten minute story and we're there till like midnight or one. <laughs> yeah. We just we just add on and it just goes on. And I mean it's it's cool, man. I really enjoy it. I really do. Me too. Me too. Definitely. Um so we're gonna talk about a few things, but the first thing we're gonna talk about is some wrestling. Uh something that you and I have have been able to uh enjoy talking about and kind of bond over our past wrestling experiences and um and yeah nostalgia and our, our love for that sport so yeah i wanted to talk to you uh just about about wrestling about your your personal you know preferences preferences and stories about about wrestling and and i know you were you were very big on it back in the day maybe a little more so than you are now yeah i definitely you know it's kind of crazy so the whole my my whole i guess introduction to wrestling and wwe was I believe I was I must have been in fifth grade I was about 10 years old probably around 2005 ish I was at a friend's house celebrating his birthday it was my best friend in middle school and so he invited me over to his house you know it was all of us it was about five or six of us you know and you know they were all excited you know it was a Friday night they were like hey let's go to the tv let's go watch wrestling and I was there confused it's like wrestling what do you mean wrestling and sure enough you know we pop in front of the tv you know friday night smackdown starts playing and they're all they all know all the wrestlers names they know the storyline they're they're so into it and i was lost i was like what's going on who's that who's this oh my god this is awesome and i just got hooked right away and ever since then i mean i've just had an appreciation for uh, wwe and wrestling same thing for me maybe maybe a little earlier maybe a couple years before in elementary school but like me and my group of friends, we would pretend at recess and lunch that we were evolution. <laughs> and we would like give each other different, like one of us was Batista, one of us was Ric Flair, one of us was Orton. And we would like walk around and pretend. I mean, it was, it was such a big part of, of my childhood. It kind of, it was, it was my obsession before basketball was my obsession. Um, but you know, as, as I got older, I was able to kind of appreciate them both in an equal way. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love wrestling and I, I, I have forever. I mean, they're like, like anything, any, any love there's, you know, there's times where you stop watching it for a bit or you get tired of it or you move on to something else. But I mean, that, that, like you said, that appreciation for wrestling, it's always there. Of course. Yeah. Completely agree with all that. So who was or is your favorite wrestler? Do you have one? Ooh, if I had to pick one, that's a little hard. I think if I had to pick one that I was just hooked onto and I will always forever remember, well, it has to be Undertaker. I mean, um, the Friday Night Smackdown I saw at my friend's house that I just mentioned to you earlier, he was 
the main event, I don't remember who he was fighting. And honestly, I don't think that matters because I remember Undertaker for his entrance, for his presence, you know, in and out of the ring. I mean, he was, you know, everyone looked up to him, you know, and the more I watched wrestling, the more I understood, you know, why he was considered to be one of the greatest in that era, you know, and I will always, I, I bought shirts from him. You know, uh, there was one year for Halloween. I dressed up as him. You know, really? I mean, I, yeah. If I, I if I wish I had pictures, otherwise I would show you. But but that's yeah. still that's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, Undertaker. Yeah, he'll he'll always be um, my favorite. And if I had to pick another wrestler that I I really was always kind of just like I would gravitate towards would have to be Rey Mysterio. And the reason for him actually is because I don't think I've mentioned this to you before, but I have an uncle who was a luchador in Mexico. And so he was, you know, it wasn't anything crazy, like no, no big crowds like we have here in the U.S., but, you know, uh, main events over there would draw maybe 2,000 people, 3,000 people. And uh, he would have a mask on, just like Rey Mysterio did, you know. And um, my dad would always tell me stories of when he would go to, you know, when he would go visit them and they'd go watch him fight, you know. And it was, it was always fun. So, you know, when I saw Rey Mysterio... I saw him wearing the mask and I right away I was like hey like you know I told my dad is that sort of what my uncle would kind of do and he was like yeah he was like he he had a mask like that you know and I was I always remembered that and ever since then I just I loved Rey Mysterio because he was just he was entertaining to watch you know he was high flying you know it was always never boring with him you know I love that he was you know Mexican just like I am I mean there was just way too many ties you know, I was just like, I have to support this guy, you know, and he's pretty local. I mean, San Diego's not that far. So Yeah. I mean, I, Batista said one time in, a, in, an, in an interview or, or, or a documentary, something backstage, he was doing a match with Mysterio and he was getting the booze. I think him and Ray were, were teaming together, something like that. But, but there was, or it might have been a Royal Rumble. It was something where him and Ray were were in the ring together, and they were getting booze. And he was looking around, and he said he thought to himself, like, who's, like, why, who boos Ray Mysterio? Like, no one, no one dislikes Ray Mysterio. That's just that's the truth. Like, he's always been, he's always been babyface. He's always been the good guy. I mean, he's the he's the ultimate underdog story in wrestling. So it's like there's there's so many reasons. And, and like you said, he, him being Mexican, like the Hispanic part, I related to that. Him being smaller, I related to that. Like there were a lot of relatable things to Rey Mysterio. And then you throw in, he had great charisma and he was fun oh, to yeah. watch. There's just so many different things to love about, about Rey Mysterio that he's honestly probably a lot of people, especially our ages, like one of our favorite wrestlers that we watched growing up. Oh yeah, has to be you know like you said just from our era from you know whoever grew up with us watching wrestling i feel like i understand people have love hate relationships with certain you know with certain wrestlers but i feel like a lot a majority of fans can agree that you know Rey mysterio is very likable yeah there's there's a video i think of of a a, a dog he was like playing with a toy and then he looked up at the TV and he saw something and he like dropped the toy and then walked up to the TV and sat down and started watching. I mean, that's how I am. And I've always been with Rey Mysterio. If I see Rey Mysterio <laughs> on the screen, I'll drop what I'm doing, sit just, down and I'll watch the match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can completely relate to that. And then with the undertaker, I mean, I don't feel like I fully appreciated the undertaker until I was 
older and like saw not just his 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 presence and everything but his career as as a whole now that it's over too for what it is how, how incredibly important he was for the business the longevity of his career uh his abilities in ring out ring just his presence he he people call him the godfather because that's really yeah. like what he is to wrestling and i mean i don't it's for a lot of people it's not arguable that he's the goat he's the greatest of all time when it comes to especially that business wwe he's the goat yeah yeah it's i mean you you i mean if they're super fans like you and i you know they've seen behind the scenes you know videos and clips you know and it's just it's a lot that undertaker does that we don't see you know that also just it it goes unnoticed but it's it's what makes him great you know uh I can remember watching, it was an interview. I think it was Cody Rhodes. It might've been somebody else, but this was when he first started uh, in the WWE and they were in the Royal Rumble. I know and, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See, so they were in the Royal Rumble, you know, and you know, Cody was, you know, he had his little, I want to say like 10 seconds of fame, you know, and mm -hmm. he took a chance, you know, and decided to swing at Undertaker, you know, and, you know, Undertaker was kind of down and I, I, you know, Cody says he whispered like drop kick me and he, you know, the fact that he's willing to kind of just let himself do that for, you know, a smaller superstar like that. I just think it's what makes the Undertaker great and it's what makes him completely respectable as a professional as a wrestler and you know for us you know he was he always will be one of the better superstars that we saw in our era i feel like undertaker just reached a point in his career where i mean everyone everyone is kind of fighting everyone's fighting for their spot everyone's scared of losing that spot so putting someone over especially in an inexperienced or you know greener person over when you're you yourself, you are like a veteran, like the Undertaker or whoever else. Like doing that, one, you don't need to do it. You don't need to put this young kid over if you didn't want to. Uh, and two, like if this kid becomes the next Cena, the next The Rock, he might take your spot. He might take yeah. whatever time you have on screen. So that's why it's hard, or that's why you don't really see that as often. You'll see a lot of or hear a lot of talk of the veterans, you know, burying younger talent, getting the golden shovel and, and you know, burying them and not not wanting them to succeed. But you, I feel like I've never heard that about The Undertaker. Like Undertaker yeah. at a point reached that stardom, reached, you know, I'm one of the top guys in this business. And since that point, he has always put guys over and let them get in their offense, let them get in their moves. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he lose, but you know, it's, it's so, it's so impressive to have watched him be able to keep that balance of being a top guy, being a guy that comes out on top, yet he still makes whoever he's wrestling look great in the process. That's a skill. It is. And he's someone who mastered it better than most people could ever learn to do that. Ever. It's, it's it's an art, the the way yeah. he's perfected it, man. Yeah. It, it truly is amazing to see. Yeah, I mean, he 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 knows it, it's an art to be able to make 
and a wrestler like Cody Rhodes, a young Cody Rhodes, or like a young Randy Orton, guys that, you know, have the skill, but don't really have the name yet. And, you know, be able to sell to the crowd that they can go toe to toe with the undertaker. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I love, I love the undertaker. I love watching documentaries. I love, I love that now that his career, you know, ended and even a little bit before that he was able to actually go on shows like the Joe Rogan podcast, like Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, do behind the scenes stuff, do his documentary and really get like, finally the, the curtain unveiled on one of the greatest, you know, wrestlers in history and one of the greatest athletes in history. Cause I mean, the guy was, was a legit six, eight to six ten. you know, walking the top rope, doing old school, you know, he, he was incredibly agile yeah. for his size, like incredible, like he doesn't get enough credit. Like they're like, Kane's pretty agile for his size around the same size as the undertaker, but undertaker was, was incredibly nimble for how big he was. And, you know, all the, all the, the striking that he was able to do, you know, he had, he really had a, a combat background as well. So like he, he was just so much of the like legit all around package. Yeah, really was, you know, and they've, a lot of WWE, you know, I, I heard, you know, Michael Cole and JR, and I've heard a lot of, you know, commentators say it. I've heard other wrestlers say it, you know, that Undertaker is the best pure striker, you know, in wrestling. And you can see it, you know, just from his form. And I mean, like you said, with how athletic he is, this dude, you know, would go on top of the turnbuckle, holding a wrestler's arm, walk the top rope, you know, and then go down and strike him, you know, and it's not everyone, it's not everyone his size that can just do that. You know, it's not everyone, you know, that tall, you know, that big, you know, really, you don't really see that, you know, and that's, again, that's just another characteristic from The Undertaker that just makes him stand out from everybody else. My, my, my favorite wrestler of all time. I mean, it's, it's, um, there's so many, that's what makes it so hard. There's just so many great wrestlers that you can go with it's a tough choice um i feel like i feel i feel like i want to say undertaker but i'm i'm not going to just because you know i love the undertaker one of one of if not the greatest of all time but when it comes to impact on me like throughout my life not just like in the last couple years it would probably be um the rock is up there cena is up there um edge is up there and eddie guerrero it somewhere in those four i'd have to decide all great choices every single one of those names that you threw out can be considered you know in their own way you know extremely great and if not the greatest edge's entrance music is the best entrance music of all time it's not quest. It's not a debate for anyone to debate someone else's song. The best song when it hit when he came back in that Royal Rumble. I don't know if you've seen that. Footage, oh my! When that hit, I screamed. I screamed. I, goosebumps. Goosebumps. I, I have talked to grown men who were like, "Yeah, I cried." Like, like people in the the crowd was everyone around the world shocked. was shook. Unbelievable. You and just it, heard. You heard the entrance that you think you know me. And, <laughs> and it, it everyone hit. jumped up. Unbelievable. Like, what? 
Oh, it was the best. It was the best. Um, I'm guilty of still watching that clip. Me too. <laughs> me too. Trust me, we're not the only ones. I know we're not the only ones to go back and watch it. I mean, just his his career and and him having to, you know, call it quits because of an injury, and you know everything that he had done before his growth as a wrestler coming in with Edge or coming in with Christian, you know, being able to make a name for himself as a singles competitor and then just really being respected not just by the fans, but by everyone in the locker room, everyone around him and like known as like a top, like this is one of, this is one of the guys of this, of this generation. This guy is, is on there as like one yeah. of the top guys. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's, you think of how many iconic moments he's been a part of, you know, you think of the matches that he's been. And I mean, it going back to what you said, you know, him having to get, I think it was what triple neck surgery or something like that. I mean, that's that's injuries that other athletes would probably never come back from like that's you know once you hit that point you know getting neck surgery that serious like that's you call it quits for your career you know and for him to come back the way he did in the royal rumble just unexpectedly shocked i mean if you go back to that clip you can see it on his face how excited he is you know how much he just loves the industry he loves the crowd the environment you can just see the passion just on his face you know and he's mm -hmm. always had that about him you know i mean the rated r superstar this is everyone knows him for that you know it's it's something that's always going to be a part of him and it's it's something that i mean granted i wasn't a very big edge fan growing up you know i was more towards like i said undertaker and Rey mysterio and batista but i always saw edge as a very very good competitor and just with how he was as a wrestler it sometimes i i i had to give my respect to him you know and now that i'm older now that you know i look back at his career and everything that he's gone through i have so much respect for him and even going right down to the intro music that you and i just spoke of i mean it's that's got to be top three at least maybe top two all-time songs so if i ever get the chance to speak to ed the first thing i'm gonna ask him is that entrance music, the first time you heard it, were you like, yeah, that's the one. Like, I yeah. want to know, because it, it had to be. Like, like it was just like, he heard it, and he was like, yeah, no, this is this, this is, is the greatest of all time. This is it. I, that's, that'd be a good question. If you find out, let me know. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, Edge, Guerrero, I mean, everyone loved, everyone loved Guerrero. Literally yeah. everyone. He was Latino amazing team. and amazing and amazing in the ring, you know, coming out in the low rider. Tag champions with with uh, Mysterio and Chavo, and then Chavo, becoming yeah. world champion. Someone that I didn't mention that it's hard to say he wouldn't like take the cake for me for for my favorite, Kurt Angle. Kurt, Kurt Angle's Angle, great. That's if, a great name too. If anyone in wrestling had what we consider in basketball as Mamba mentality, it's Kurt freaking Angle. It is 100%. I mean, you, you think about who he is. This is an Olympic gold medalist. I mean, you looked at this guy's physique and you just knew, okay, this guy means business. You an know, Olympic like, gold medalist who won with a broken freaking neck. What more do you want? You know, this was the perfect man for this, for this industry. 
if that's not Mamba mentality, I don't know what Mamba mentality is going in with a broken neck and winning the gold medal. Gold medal, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to call it if it's not Mamba mentality. And just, just his, you, you could hear it in interviews, not just now, but even back then, listening to him, the just un, like unstoppable hunger he had for being the best. Like it's all he thought about was being the guy being the best it's mamba mentality yeah it's i mean i was i i remember the rivalry that you know he always had you know when he was back on raw i remember when he became the face of ecw you know and i mean it was it was a time when i feel like wrestling was absolutely entertaining to watch it was it was must watch tv you know as as a kid i i never wanted to miss it so Mm-hmm. Yeah, my a lot of a lot of my favorite guys, especially now, uh, are are guys that, especially when watching stuff about them backstage, they they know the psychology of the sport and how to succeed in it and how to be the best. It's like I was I was shown from uh, from someone a video of Iman Shumpert talking about LeBron and how like crazy smart that's not a news flash how crazy smart and how crazy good lebron's iq is like one of the best ever and there are a lot of guys that can you can correlate that to the iq that wrestlers have some wrestlers guys like the undertaker you know guys like angle that they just have you know the iq from doing it for so long doing it so often and just being the best at it that it's like they know what is going to happen and they know what needs to happen to put on a great match and all the wrestlers that like they they can go into a match and just blow the roof off the place because they were in there with someone that they knew what was going to happen and you know they just they could feel off of each other and off of their experiences and like with minimal to no prep just go out there and be amazing yeah, go out and just do what they normally do, you know, and it's it's almost like muscle memory for these guys to just go out and do all these amazing things. Yeah. Something that, you know, just as professionals with as good as they are, you know, that's just something that they built over time and they can always go out and just put on a show whenever. And that just goes to show, you know, just how great Kurt Angle was, The Undertaker was, you know, and just, you know, any wrestlers that kind of fall under that umbrella. Do you have a favorite match? Favorite match? That's actually a good question. I don't or think a memorable match. A, ma- a match you can you can very like clearly in your head look back on in its entirety or certain important moments in that match. I think I think there's two that stand out to me, and both actually occurred at WrestleMania. Um, I think the first one for me was the Money in the Bank ladder match from WrestleMania 23. And that was when Randy Orton, Edge, Matt, and Jeff Hardy, um, there was other guys in there. But I remember it was an eight-man Money in the Bank ladder match. And I'll always remember the match when Matt kind of put Edge on the ladder that was just on the barricade. And for some reason, I was screaming at the TV for Jeff to win. Just grab the briefcase. Just get the title match. And he wanted to steal the show. And he 
did a leg drop off the top of the ladder and just put Edge through that ladder. I think uh, that's a memory I have in my head as clear as day. I've rewatched that so many times, Jeremy. I mean, do you, it just looks so painful. It really does. Like, he broke the ladder in half. It looks so painful, man. Watching Jeff, his full weight comes down on edge and he was high he was up like maybe second to highest rung on the super big ladder not like yeah, the normal size it wasn't a normal ladder it yeah. was the super big one and then just lands com- completely centered on edges like torso and stomach just bam perfect breaks the ladder and afterwards i mean if a if a wrestler is like rolling around and screaming usually that's how you know it's fake usually that's how you know it's a part of the show sometimes that's not the case sometimes they're rolling around and screaming they're really in pain it is yeah but but usually it's like all right they're they're trying to sell it edge was not moving edge was barely making a sound you could kind of hear a little bit like him literally like like groaning in pain like he was on his back like this hand on his back and he would not if a wrestler isn't moving after something like that, that hurt a it's lot. Bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, that's just a vivid, it's such a clear memory in my head. It's so, it's it. so great though. So great. That's something that will live on for so, so long, just in video packages and highlights. Like it will be talked about for years to come. Oh yeah. If, if Jeff Hardy wanted to steal the show and be remembered that he absolutely succeeded because I'm sure I'm not the only fan who can remember that. I mean, you you can probably look up and see how many hundreds of thousands of views that video has. You know, it's it it, it was crazy. You know, so that's match number one. You know, the other one that I can really think of that I thought was just absolutely amazing was when Shawn Michaels uh, faced the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. Overall, I think uh, with just the level of intensity between the two of them with how great both superstars are just the stage i mean it was just something to remember you know forever definitely just one of one of the one of the best matches of all time for sure between argue, when when people talk about the greatest wrestler of all time those two names are usually the first ones brought up Shawn michaels undertaker and rick flair are probably the yeah. first people that are brought up as the greatest wrestlers of all time so I mean, just such a great match and just two blockbuster names. Like for the first wrestle feature doing Angle and Michaels. And then, you know, like those are two other blockbuster names. It's, it just falls into that like list of matches that it's just like both those names are, are just phenomenal wrestlers. Angle Michaels, Undertaker Michaels, Brock Lesnar Angle, uh Guerrero, like just so so like those names, it just uh a beautiful match, a masterclass of wrestling. If you want to know how to do it the right way, you watch that match. Yeah, 100%. That That's one, again, like if people, I feel like if someone were to, you know, tell me like, hey, I've never seen wrestling before. Can you show me one match you think would get me hooked? I would show them that one. I would, I would show them that one. Um, I would show them that one and then I would show them what I would consider my favorite match. Um, and 
it's I mean there's there's so many so many phenomenal matches but there is yeah. I'm, if I were to pick one it would probably be from what I consider to be the greatest Wrestlemania of all time Wrestlemania 17 the TLC match between Edge and Christian the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys oh that is a great choice I have the ladder match DVD that was probably one of the first DVDs like wrestling DVDs I ever bought and I can remember being so hooked onto the TV when that match came out. I, 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 I didn't want to like my, I, if I remember correctly, like my parents were trying to go somewhere. We were supposed to go to like my uncle's house. And I told them, I was like, no, we need to wait. I, I, I need to finish this. Like, I don't, I don't want to leave and wonder what's going to happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh man. And you talk about, talk about the match where, where Jeff Hardy, puts edge through that ladder and wrestlemania 17 another one of the most famous spots of all time that Ed- edges spear off the ladder to jeff hardy who's hanging on yeah the ring i mean that match there's so many amazing spots through the entirety of that match if you really pay attention and like watch closely like the three of them really are working in sync in unison, setting up for what's the spots that are coming next, what's happening next. Like it's it's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful match to watch. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's like not a short match either. And there was a lot of stuff going on throughout that match. You know, in order for Jeff to be hanging perfectly for Edge to come and get that spear, you know, Devon Dudley had to be in the right place at the right time, or it might have been Bubba, but he had to move the ladder away from Jeff Hardy. You know, there's just, there's constant, you know, setting up tables, setting up ladders. It's just, it's yeah. just, uh, just, it's like a play. It's like, you have to know what's coming next. You have to be in your spots and help set up for the next amazing, amazing thing that's going to happen. That's going to wow the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, I think it's amazing too, because I mean, you know, those, all three of those tag teams, you know, they were such an important part in the industry in you know the history i mean the history of the industry the history of just tag team matches in general and they helped innovate the ladder match into what it is today they helped you know innovate tlc and everything you know everything about like extreme rules you know a lot of it revolved around those three teams and i mean that was the match man that was the match that put it on the map and it's and at the same time that around that wrestlemania time around that wrestlemania 17 the mid card was stacked on like it's ever been stacked in the history of wrestling, like that mid tier wrestlers of the tag teams and, you know, people like, like Guerrero, like there's so many like guys that aren't like the, like here, like rock and, and Austin are, they're not, they're not bad wrestlers. Like that mid card. Top notch. I mean, just, uh, just goes to show that how, how incredible that, era of wrestling really was it yeah truly something to remember you know and us as fans we will always look back at that time and we can appreciate everything down to the every little detail for that and um and when it comes to guys that we talk about like the undertaker like edge and christian the hardy boys um the guerreros for me i like to a big reason why I like to watch documentaries and behind the scenes and stuff is I, a lot of what I go into like judging a wrestler and who he is behind the scenes and how good he is of a wrestler and all that stuff. 
you know, is how do your peers see you? The people that are with you every day on the road, the people that are with you in those, in the rings, in matches constantly, the people that you're fighting against, the people that you're fighting with, like, how do they see you? And like guys like The Undertaker, nothing but praise, admiration, and, you know, gratitude from the people that talk about him. And, you know, if you want, if you want to put Edge and Christian or Dudley boys and like, oh, are they the greatest tag team of all time? It's like, listen to the guys that they fought against. Go ask, go ask the guys that they fought against and ask them what they think about those guys. They'll tell you. They'll They'll tell you that they are the greatest of all time. They'll tell you that. And you you can tell when someone is genuine about that praise and when someone's just saying it to keep face or anything like that. Like you can you can tell, especially with guys like that, you know, you you can tell when they're being genuine about those guys are the real deal and should be respected as some of the greatest to ever lace up their boots. Yeah, agreed, you know, and it it says a lot because I mean, guys like, you know, people they faced, you know, I feel like they would have more to say more than anybody, you know, them being the opposition to them in the ring, you know, they have way more experience with who they are, with what they're like competitively, with what they're like outside the locker room, they would know them better than anybody else. And if they're saying as genuine as it is, you know, that they're, they have all this respect and praise for them. That's probably something that people should at least consider because they would know again, better than you and I, you know, as you know, us as fans, we're just watching on TV, you know, they spend every day, you know, they spend all this time on the road with them. And that that's just time that we don't get to see, you know, but they have that chance. Exactly. I mean, I, there's like, there's a video on YouTube of Devon and Jeff Hardy watching one of their past ladder matches. There's a video that I saw on social media of Taker, Triple H and Shawn Michaels talking about a wrestling match that they had at, at WrestleMania. It's like w- watching them and watching them talk about each other and kind of geek over, geek out about each other at the same time. Like it's, it's, I, that's always one of my favorite things to watch as a fan, like watching them talk about not just this piece of art that they put in the wrestling ring, but talk about the people that they did it with. Yeah. It's, I mean, for them to kind of just have that kind of moment, you know, you would think, you know, with, for example, like you said, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H, those are three of the biggest names in the industry. And me as a fan, I would never think, you know, like they would geek out about each other like that. They spend all this time in the ring, you know, with with their level, like with their status and who they are. I would never think, you know, that they would have moments like that. And to kind of see that, it kind of reminds me like, you know what, they're also human too. Like they have Mm -hmm. those types of feelings. And if they want to have moments like that, where they want to just praise and, you know, kind of have a little geek out, then they they should be allowed to. And I think I always enjoy seeing moments like that. Yeah, not just humans, but fans above all else. They're fans of what they do. They're fans of wrestling. So yeah, I, I, I love watching professionals of any industry geek over their profession what they've done for their profession or the people that they've done it with it's like it's like wow you know they they really are a fan of this they're not just kind of doing it yeah not yeah they're not just here to kind of just make money paycheck yeah exactly they they have a passion for it you know just like some of us do exactly um do you have a favorite championship belt Mm. 
I was always a big fan of the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm, the WCW the, one. Yeah, just the way it looked, you know, just how it was. I mean, the superstars to wear it. I mean, I, that was the first belt I was introduced to. And I think that the nostalgia might be the reason why I kind of favored it. But I, it was something that I always just loved, you know, and uh, I always wanted to buy one. And uh, when I saw the price for like a legit one, I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need that. <laughs> it's still something I enjoy. I uh, I used to love the cruiserweight belt from back in the day. Okay. Um, that one was that cool. Um, the white intercontinental championship that they had in recent years. That one I think is very unique because I remember belt. the intercontinental. Yeah, I remember the intercontinental title, and you know it was it didn't really stand out. I mean, it was, it was cool. Okay. It was okay. Yeah. It was cool. But right. for them to change it to white, that made me kind of see it like, whoa. Yeah, it made that it stand looks out. Cool. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the old tag team championship belts, the WWE tag team champion belts. Um, the old, probably my favorite, my favorite of all time, and the World Heavyweight Championship belt that's up there. But the, my favorite of all time is the actual World WWE Championship belt, the one that Guerrero had, the, the early two thousands one before they switched it to Cena's, you know, fidget spinner. The spinny one, yeah, yeah. Before the one before that was my favorite belt of all time. Just very. Um, I don't know. It was very uh, official. It was very like like a real, real belt. It wasn't a toy. It wasn't just a logo for the company. Like it was something like it was a, a belt. It felt it like it meant it. something. Yeah, it definitely had meaning to it, you know? I don't know if you've seen it, but on NXT, they have what for me is my favorite belt at the moment. It's called the North American Championship Belt. I have not seen that yet, actually. I will show it to you after all this, but it is it is a beautiful belt and the best looking belt currently today. I don't I don't think that's a question. Gonna have to check that out then. Yeah, it's a great belt. It reminds me of those of the belts of like the the world or the WWE belt that I was talking about. That's my favorite of all time. It reminds me gotcha. of, of that kind of style. So were you uh, were you a Raw guy or were you a SmackDown guy? I was more of a SmackDown guy. And I think, again, this all goes back to the story I was telling you. You know, Friday Night SmackDown was the first wrestling show I was ever introduced to. Um, I just love the intro. You know, I love, uh, I mean, it was blue. Blue was my favorite color, you know. And, I mean, the superstars that were on there, I, I just loved. And it was just, I, I would definitely consider myself more of a SmackDown guy. Me too. Me too. I mean, I would watch, I would watch SmackDown every week with my dad all from back in the day when it was on UPN before it got moved to any, like before it was anything crazier, but it was, it was like watching Guerrero, watching Lesnar, watching Angle, uh, Chavo, uh, Rey Mysterio, you know, just, just so many great wrestlers. And that's what it was. I feel like, and they've said it many times before, Raw was very much the entertainment aspect and SmackDown was very much just the wrestling. They put on wrestling matches. And I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Like there was periods of time where every week it was like Lesnar, Big Show and Undertaker in their primes were having just all like a phenomenal feuds. Like, like it was just amazing to watch. And uh, I mean, as as time went on, I appreciated Raw a lot more than I did at that point. So did but I. 
I, I just, I always saw myself as, as a SmackDown person. And I, I, I always loved Michael Cole. Michael Cole, when I was a kid, was my favorite. I mean, I feel like as time's gone on, I've appreciated JR and like I recognize JR as the GOAT commentator because he really, really is that. But as a kid, I listened to Michael Cole before I ever even cared about who JR was. Me too. I, that's another big reason. I, I think it's crazy you brought that up because I had that same connection, you know? And again, I, I, I understood how big Raw was and I knew, you know, just what it meant to the industry. But for me, you know, I, for some reason, I was always gravitated towards Michael Cole's voice. Something about the way he called matches, just his voice, you know, just everything about just him as a commentator, I was just drawn to immediately, you know, and, and him just and like, Taz. Yeah, they, and it, Taz. Was it was yes. such great. It was I, I could not think of two better commentators for SmackDown. It was it was their, their chemistry, like if, if in the weirdest of ways, it fed off each other. They fed off each other so well. And it was just it was very entertaining in a in a way that that doesn't get a whole lot of credit like JR and Jerry Lawler. They get a lot of credit as commentators and being commentating team. Paul Heyman gets it. I mean, it's well-deserved. Not saying that they don't deserve that credit. Of course they do. They're, they're some of the best to ever do it. And guys like Joey Styles, but Michael Cole and Taz definitely deserve, you know, praise for all the great work that they did, especially in that time. Yeah. They, they don't get enough recognition. I feel like they're underappreciated 100%. I mean, that leads into what I was going to ask next. Who's your favorite commentator? Is it Michael Cole? Has to be Michael Cole. Yeah. Okay. I was just, uh, again, you know, it's whenever he would call Friday Night SmackDown, it doesn't matter what event it was. It could have been, you know, it could have been the opening event. It could have been the opening match, the main event of the night, you know, or anything in between, you know, and I was always just wanting to hear, okay, what does this guy have to say? You know, what's he going to call? You know, is he going to, you know, throw some little fact or is he going to do, it was just, it was always, I just didn't know what to expect. And just the, the way his voice was, it was just really easy to hear on the ears. As time went on, Mega Cole kind of started getting stale to me. Like it was, they started doing more things where, you know, Michael Cole started even like wrestling and ring and he was just much more involved than just being the commentator. And I was never really a, a huge fan of those moments. Um, and I just feel like as, as time went on, the things that he said became, or at least felt more and more scripted. Like he felt like, like, I don't know, it just, it, it started not feeling genuine at times. And like, he was like the ad guy at one point in wrestling, like every ad that came out, like he was the one that had to like say sponsored by this, like go do that. And it's like, yeah. and that's why as I got older and I looked back and, you know, even watched documentaries and all this stuff, like, like I started appreciating JR so much more. And like, he really is like the go at doing what he does. And, and to find out, you know, I'm sure he prepares, but most of what he does is off the top of his head. And that's a legit talent to be able to do that as well as he does it, be one of the best ever, if not the best ever, and have it mostly come off just the top of your brain. Just spitballing. I mean, it's, it's truly amazing, you know? And you think about the iconic moments that JR has called, you know, there's, so many calls that I can think of just 
JR calling it, you know, and I mean, you can think of anything from, you know, when Undertaker threw Mankind off the hell in a cell and- He's broken in half. Yeah, or Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin. There's so many. Of, it's so many moments, you know, and that is, as I got older, I, I understood like, oh, wow. Like, we're never going to hear something like this again. Like there's, it's just the timing of it just- what he says in the moment if it's if it like you said if it's just off the top of his head you know that's not something everyone can do you know i mean you and i can try that whether it comes out as good it as won't JR be as great not. it will yeah. not be as great no way you know and that's just with who, again with who he was and just how good he was that's that's something that i grew to love as a fan yeah i mean and there have been other commentators that have been, they've been good. They've been solid. Booker T, I like Booker T in commentary. I like JBL in commentary. You know, Corey Graves, uh, they, they have some and have had some good commentators, but it's like that to, to me, they're, they're mid card. And JR, guys like JR, guys like Michael Cole, they're main event. Yeah, they're, they're in that elite tier yep. of commentators. Definitely. Um, are you are you someone who enjoyed I mean we both grew up watching in that ruthless aggression era in like the early mid early to mid 2000s even you know the late 2000s um, personally you do you enjoy ruthless the ruthless aggression era more than the attitude area of the early 90s or and, no and subjectively or objectively you know putting yourself aside which one do you think is better ruthless aggression or attitude so i think i mean if i had to pick between the two speaking objectively of course if i was if i had to put myself aside and you know kind of just look at this from a very unbiased angle i really think that the attitude era is what elevated wwe into just I mean, again, the, you know, you think of wrestling at that time, it was, it was popular, you know, it was, it, it had, it had good names that were coming out, you know, and, you know, it was, it was must watch TV to some extent, but during that attitude era that just elevated in, in like into the stratosphere. I mean, that was when it just exponentially grew. And I always, you know, hear stories of like my older cousins or like people that I know that grew up watching that attitude era. And they just describe literally every great moment. And the fact that they were able to see stuff like that live, like I can go back and watch it, but I know it's not the same. You know, I know, you know, I've heard kind of, well, this is what happened. And I, I, I just, I get to watch it play out, but they had to watch it in real time. They got to see guys like Austin, like the rock, you know, they got to see so many guys like that, like in real time. And I think like, wow, what a time it must have been to be a wrestling fan in that era. And that's not to say that the Ruthless Aggression era was terrible or anything like that. I believe that the Ruthless Aggression era was fantastic in its own way, you know, but I think overall, like for what it did for the industry and for what it did for the growth of the company, I think the Attitude Era is hands down the better era and personally someone that grew up in the ruthless aggression era would you like is it your personal favorite or can you even or would you say attitude era is still your favorite like for you i mean 
if I'm speaking personally, I would probably link the ruthless aggression era more just for myself, and that's just because of minus like my nostalgic ties to like Jeff Hardy, to Rey Mysterio, to the Undertaker. You know, I mean, because I'm so gravitated to those superstars, that's probably why I would lean towards the ruthless aggression era, but. I understand how great the Attitude Era was, and I will never bash it. I'll never put it down because I understand, you know, what a time it was during that era. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. I grew up on, you know, I grew up on watching Eddie Guerrero come out in the low rider. I grew up on watching Batista come out and do the machine guns with the fireworks going fireworks. off in the background. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in in that time. So it just it just holds such an important place in my heart, but I will I can recognize the Attitude Era as being probably the most important era in the history of wrestling. But but yeah, for me that my, for me personally, I mean nothing could touch the ruthless aggression era, and I mean it can it can stand on its own you know legs. It's not like it was it, like you said, it's not a bad era. They had you know, you had evolution, you had the beginning of John Cena, the Doctor of Thugonomics, you know, you had, you had Edge, you had Taker, you had Lesnar, you had just the list goes on and on and on of just the talent that you had to work with. And attitude and ruthless aggression, like you could go on YouTube, type in WWE, and there's just phenomenal matches that weren't even pay-per-view. It was just like a regular Friday night SmackDown in the middle of, you know, the middle of the year at just a random time. And it's yeah. like Angle, Big Show, Lesnar, Undertaker, you know, Eddie Guerrero. It's just like Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, and a six-man tag. And it's like, of course I'll watch this. Yeah. Why Why not? You know, and, it, it, you know, yeah. us talking about all these wrestling videos and all this wrestling talk, you're going to make me want to go down a rabbit hole on YouTube again. <laughs> so. oh, all this nostalgia man. is coming back. Yep. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Um, Last thing I want to talk to you about is uh, a comparison that I've made to Luis many times. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good comparison at times sometimes it, it doesn't really make sense but it's it's just always how i've seen it i've always seen what the rock and john cena were i and not really for each other but just like how they were in the business i always compared them to jordan and kobe bryant in basketball in the sense of the similarities between the two of them and how important they were in the times that they were wrestling that or performing their sport. I don't know if you can see that comparison. I can actually, now that you kind of put it in words like that, uh, I can definitely see the resemblance and I can see why the comparison is made. Cause we, I, I don't even have to compare Jordan and Kobe. We know that they were, Kobe was like a carbon copy of Michael Jordan on the basketball court. 100%. And I feel like The Rock and John Cena don't get that comparison enough. But let's, I mean, it's just, it's a very simple list. Amazing on the mics. Probably the best of their each individual eras on the mic. Um, they they both, you know, they, they started out, you know, with a, a decent 
persona, a decent character. Then they switched over to who they really were and just took off into yeah. superstardom. Yep. Um, people, who, two guys who just always went headfirst into the business and headfirst into whatever that they do. I mean, John Cena is going into show business now the way The Rock did in the early 2000s. Like, yeah. there's just so many comparisons. And, you know, and even just in ring, two guys who, you know, they were very, very fun to watch in ring, but never like the most amazing technical wrestlers. Like, they could go when they needed to but they were always known for doing a couple moves and winning the match at the end of the night. Two guys also who, you know, kind of lame finishers. I'm, I'm, I've, I've never been afraid to say that the people's elbow is just the rock doing a couple laps and dropping an elbow. You know, the rock bottom is him just slinging an arm over the shoulder and just basically laying them down on their back. The attitude adjustment for Cena is just a fireman's carry. Like, like the, the best thing that that The Rock would do was the sharpshooter and the Samoa drop. For me, the Samoa drop, th those two moves were like the coolest moves that The Rock had. And his spine buster was great too. And then, you know, Cena, his five knuckle shuffle was just him sh pumping up his, his kicks. And then, you know, just a punch to the face on the ground. Yeah. Like, and C Cena, I think there was a point in Cena's career where he kind of heard that. And he started adding other moves to his career later, later in his career. Like he was do he started doing a stunner. He started doing um uh different variations of bulldogs. Like he he started adding, uh, you know, a top rope leg drop. He started adding different moves to to it because I think he was hearing, you know, your people started calling him five moves Cena. Like he just do five moves in a match and that'd be the end of it. I think that got to him. And I mean, I don't think anyone could say they're bad wrestlers because they're not. I mean, they're guys that have put in the work. They're guys that know how to wrestle. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, if anything, it's more power to them that they have this amazing stardom off of moves that when taking a step back, like they're not amazing moves, but they're able to make it work and be two of the top guys to ever be in that business. But that just all, all that stuff just solidified that kind of comparison for me, comparing them in the way that I compared Jordan and Kobe. It's completely understandable. You know, again, now that you've put it into words and have explained it as as well as you did, I think better than anyone else could. You know, it's it's almost I don't want to say shocking, but it it's it's eye-opening to for for a fan to kind of see all this you know and yeah you even said it right down to them going into show business like that's not even something i even considered when you had compared the two you know and they're great in their own way you know just like kobe and jordan where they were great in their own way in their own era you know same with the rock and cena you know and they'll always be remembered you know the rock in the attitude era and then cena for the ruthless aggression era but to make that comparison, it's 100% understandable. Something yeah. I actually never saw, and that's something I actually never considered, and you kind of opened my eyes on that. And I'm honestly grateful you did, because it is it is pretty shocking, but at the same time, I find it very amazing. And even, like, The Rock went out to show business, did The Scorpion King, did Walking Tall. You know, now he's one of the biggest, you know, actors in, in Hollywood. And, you know, the C Cena is coming out in the Suicide Squad. You know, Cena is is coming out in Fast 9. 
Like they're they're just both very similarly becoming these, you know, blockbuster movie stars. Crazy. To, to see where they started, you know, in their careers in WWE, to see how big they got in that industry, and then for them to shift over to film, cinema, and, you know, movies and all that, and to see how great they're doing there, I mean, it just goes to show, you know, I mean, it's they've come such a long way from when you and I first were introduced to them, so... And we got to see we got to see an older Jordan a few times play against a young Kobe Bryant, and we got to see uh, the Rock face John Cena at WrestleMania twice. And their feud, like them going back and forth on on Raw and wherever they were they were like promoting their their match. I don't know if you've seen the videos of some of the stuff that they that they did during that time, but it was amazing it was incredibly entertaining i don't have you seen that stuff i've seen bits and pieces i've never seen like full videos yeah like the like they had they had like a like a concert like cena came out as the he came he re-came out as a doctor of thugonomics <laughs> and he rapped about the rock which was hilarious um the rock came out and did a rock concert like he he sung songs about cena you know there were uh, the rock did a bunch of videos of him making fun of cena cena did a bunch of rebuttals it was just it was and we know that those two guys can be extremely entertaining especially when it comes to making fun of other people and you know you know setting up a match it was it was two of the best going mm -hmm. at each other so it was yeah. incredibly entertaining yeah that that's something i haven't seen but i've i've heard so many things about it i mean you've mentioned it a couple times I've heard some of my other friends, you know, who, who've watched it. They've, they've mentioned it before. So that's something I need to see. Yeah. This is great stuff. Mm -hmm.